Hello, everyone. I am Mike the Car Guy, and this is the first pencil with Kathy and Mike. With me today, as always, my best bud and wicked awesome car gal, Kathy Cruz. Kathy, say hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had a lot of coffee? <laughs> um, this right here, you can't see this because this is a podcast, but I'm holding up my coffee. This is my third venti <gasps> iced coffee with two blonde shots. What? Okay. Yeah. I drink a lot of coffee. So that, that you, yes. <laughs> Dude, just a, a little minor like fact about me. I can't drink coffee. I can drink decaf, of course, but the caffeine just kills me. I shake really bad. So I cannot drink coffee. I can't have any like caffeine or I'll just. Oh, really? Did not know that. Did not know. Yeah. I can't have enough. So yeah. it balances. <laughs> that's why we're such good friends we're like in so many ways we balance each other out (laughs) so what are we uh what are we doing dude uh uh, yeah we missed last week and um because a few things happened you know in our lots of things happened but we're here now right (laughs) yeah yep yep mike's got his uh new job happening so and just getting, a, you know, yourself in a frame of mind to to talk to 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 each other and to talk to other people. It's uh, sometimes it's, a little it's rough been a shift. Out. You know, previously yeah. for four years, I was working more in a uh, a customer support role, consulting. You know, going into dealers that were using the software that the company I was working for um, produced. So it was like trying to help them get better with that software and increase their efficiency, and you know, really trying to to help them get better at what they were doing you know whether it's in the sales department or service you know writing more ROs during the course of a day or parts more counter tickets selling more parts you know closing more deals and I've had to switch from that where it was more like hey how can I help you get better to now I'm in sales again which so now I'm like hey I can help you get better here's you know my product Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like a big shift but it really is, you know, getting that hat put back on, yep. um, overcome the objections, getting past the gatekeepers. And in this first three months of, of doing this, I, I think I've said before to you candidly that I look back in my own 30 years in the car business. And sometimes in the last three months, I felt a little, little bad about maybe some of the the manners in which I treated vendors coming in to see me. I wasn't always the, the easiest to reach. You know, I I ducked quite a few vendors in my time, came up with plenty of colorful excuses why I don't have time to hear whatever they're pitching, even if it was a product that I maybe decided I needed at a later time, you know, <laughs> I get it. So it, it's it's been an interesting three months of, you know, pounding the pavements, walking into car dealerships cold, trying to, to get to the decision makers that need to see the product and can really benefit. And so it's been fun. Well, I could say, uh, yeah, I could say it's (laughs) karma, but it's not really because when you're busy and people are interrupting, you can't, you have to do your job. And, um, but But right now, nobody's busy. No, trust me. Nobody's busy. I'm walking in the showroom. It's like a morgue. Nothing happening. And I'm still getting blown off. (laughs) Tell them I'm in a meeting. I'm I'm in a meeting right now. (laughs) The other thing I was going to say is that uh, you're, you are probably not as in fact I know you're not but you probably think you are but you are not as nasty as 
90% of those people out there, those that are, you know, treating vendors badly. Like, you know, we've seen our share of people that treat vendors poorly. And uh, yes, I've seen vendors thrown out of stores, uh, not by me, not by me. And I can say I, I've ducked some, but I've never quite the opposite. I've actually had conversations with people far too long and maybe let them think that there was hope because I just didn't want to tell them, no, I don't want your product. You know, they were nice people. I, I appreciated their effort and they kept coming back to see me. <laughs> and then yeah. you just lay it off on the GM. Look, I took it to the GM. He's flat out. No, we're capped out budget wise. There's nothing I can do, but you know, Hey, if it was up to me, I'd be signing right now. So no, no, thanks no, for your no. time. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the only time I've had to throw vendors out is when two time, two situations, one where you've told them before to make an appointment or to arrange something, and then they come back again. And that's when out you go. And then the second is when you just throw someone out because they're a terrible vendor and you really, you know, don't want anything to do with them anymore, which I have, we had this phone guy one time, he took, he was, he was, he sold a system to the corporate office and we were forced to, to do what they call the cutover. And I learned all about phones then. Uh, that was one of my, you know, now I, I, you, every time a debacle happens, you learn all you can about whatever it is. And um, sure. we switched over and we did not have phones for five days. Oh. And when people would call the phone number for the dealership, it would either be a fast busy or it would say disconnected. I, so I, it was through AT&T and this guy, I remember his name was Emery and he was a little dude. We wouldn't make fun of him because he was so <laughs> annoying. And he tried to be like one of everyone's, like everybody's friend, which was fine, but he was really just a liar, a real liar. I mean, full blown liar. And um, so we looked into even suing AT&T, I think, but it was going to be our attorney said, oh, no, you're, they've got way more money than you guys. You don't want to even do that. So, but I worked it out and it was, we lost about a half a million dollars in business wow. because we didn't have the phone. So that That's guy, I relished throwing him out. I relished it. I didn't care what the corporate office said. I said, you're gone. Get out of here. <laughs> don't even let me see you. Again. So anyway. Um, I remember, and this is Back in the mid to late 90s, I was in finance at a Dodge dealership that will remain nameless. The owner of that store um, was one of the, the, the type of people that the auto reputation is based on, if you know what I'm saying. And the, uh, the factory rep was in his office and they were working out. Remember when um, conversion vans were a big thing? Yeah. Family Wagon and those uh, yep, yep. aftermarket companies, mm -hmm. they had a just a surplus. And obviously the rep was trying to, you know, get the dealer to take a contingent of these conversion vans and offering, you know, other lucrative products that, that were really selling and really wanted. Yeah, I'll give you these in your inventory, but I need you to take 20 of these conversion vans. And it got heated. And true story, I, I was in finance. I watched, um, he, he, he had shut the guy's, uh, briefcase he just slammed it picked it up 
walked out to the street and this is east street in san Bernardino, which will give it away but he threw it out into the street and a truck ran it over and, and it busted open and papers flew everywhere and the rep was just standing there looking at him like are you serious did, did that just happen what oh my god and that was like legendary i mean that was just one of those stories in the in the southern california area that people and I just, luckily enough, not that it was good, but, you know, I was there to see it. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. So I've never been that, I've never been nasty to a vendor, but, and I, I am polite. You know, I am saying, hey, look, I'm unannounced. I'm just trying to get to, you know, your GM. Right. Uh, I know he's probably not available right now. Like yeah. leave my card and maybe set up some time next week. That's I can right. be back in the area. I can do something on the phone. You know, I try to be as, as professional as possible. And I've found for the most part, um, it's, it's, it, it gets me, you know, where I need to be and the, the contact and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's starting to work and the pipeline's getting built and it's going to come together. It's just about respect, I think, you know, and, but there's, we've worked for a lot of people that don't have a lot of respect for others. And so it doesn't make it okay when you, you know, that's part of the problem too, is like when you see the boss doing it, then it, they, you know, people think it's okay to do it. And it's really not because that person is still a human being um, unless they were that dude with the, the phone system. He was not, but. <laughs> There's probably times it's warranted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, most of the time they're just out there trying to make a living, you know, and they, their technique may not be great, but, but I've, dude, I have gotten phone calls from people and the ones that are masterful on the phone, that's what it, I think it is. That I, like, I guess I have, if you're really, if you've got a good pitch or you've got a good demeanor about you, I'll probably listen. Yeah. I'm saying I'll, right. I'll probably listen, make an appointment and listen to what you got to say. Cause I think I have a lot of um, admiration for people. I know I do have admiration for people that sell and are good at building rapport. Right. Build the rapport yeah. right out of the shoot, and then, and then it makes it easier to sell. So, yeah. So, what are we talking about today? Um, you know, actually, uh, nice segue. I came across some stuff today, um, you know, after you, you get done with your, your work stuff, you know, your, your, your daytime job stuff. And, you know, I'm going through um, some of the other things that I do in my spare time. And, and, and I manage or I help manage uh, a number of uh, social media profiles for companies. Uh, it's something I'm, I'm fiercely interested in. As you know, that's one of the, the things that brought us together. And, and I've, you know, latched on to you like a little puppy following you around and doing what you do to try to duplicate some of the, the success you see with the companies that I try to help. And I still do it for a number of companies. So I was on Facebook today and I went to change uh, or just go to a business page um, that I help manage. And when I clicked on the, the name of the business, I got a pop-up that said, your business profile is going to be changing in three days and you know here's what's going to change so i clicked and it goes into another screen and it says this 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 and this is going to be different click into another screen this this and this is, is going to stay the same um click into another you know there's it, it, a little walkthrough kind of a tutorial overview uh, i should have paid more attention to it i was i i just you know i wasn't thinking oh this is relevant to somebody else i was just like oh i was caught up in it so by the time I go to it, you know, I click the final thing 
it brings me to it, it was kind of like setting up um, your personal page from from the beginning. You know, it brings me to a list of um, other company pages that you can select to follow, which I had already with that company, but there was a lot of companies on that. Uh, it's a car dealership, so it brought me up a tremendous list of local car dealers that I know I, the page isn't following already. So I'm like, oh, cool. You know, this gives me some some a greater reach of people to follow because I'm always looking at what someone else is doing and try to get ideas, inspiration, things I like. Most of the time I see the same crap. So it's really easy to say, well, we're obviously doing better than, than those people. <laughs> so it's a quick way to pat yourself on the back. Oh, doing better than those guys. Um, and then you click into the next uh, page and it gives you a list of groups uh, that you can join as the business. And when I say as a business, it actually created a new profile. You know, um, if you're on a PC and you're looking at your Facebook page up in the right-hand corner, you see your little profile pic. When you click that, it'll give you the, the opportunity to change to a different profile if you have multiple profiles that you can log into. Well, now it's added that business profile under my personal profile. So now it has Mike the Car Guy and then this dealership name as and a complete different profile. So I'm not just talking about managing a page as your person, because when you go to your business page, right? Not in the meta business, I'm staying out of meta business crap, excuse me, but I'm just going to put that out there. I don't like going into the meta business. But if you just go into your personal page, you click the business page that you manage, it still shows your picture, your icon up in that right corner. But with this new profile, it shows the business uh, icon. And it gives you a feed, just like your normal personal feed. So you can read posts, you can like the posts as the business. Uh, and that brings me to one of my suggestions that I've shared before, um, especially for, for small to medium business. I think one of the most overlooked benefits of having profiles in social networks is the engagement that you can get simply by being social as your business, right? It's called social media for a reason. It's social. It's a two-way conversation. A lot of people, you know, when they get home at night, they're eating dinner or they finish dinner, or whatever, you open up your Facebook and you scroll through, you like posts, you don't like posts. Not enough business people do that as their business. You know what I mean? And I think seeing a business liking a post or a business even putting a comment on a similar business or, you know, one of its customers post that carries so much weight because it's not being done very much. It's really not being done at hardly at all. Mm -hmm. So when you see a business like something, it, it, it you know, increases your positive thoughts and, and, you know, reference to that business, your perception is like, oh, wow, this business is interacting. You know, it, it become more than just a place to go and give money and get a product. Now you're part of a community. That's right. And I think there's a lot of gain that could be done there. Yeah. And on the flip side, it's just an investment of time. But if you're already on freaking Facebook anyways, right. it's not an extra investment of time. Yeah. I think that's my opinion. Yep. I agree. And I, uh, I think also uh, in that same vein, when you're on your page, your own page and you have comments. So let me give an example. So the Han Lee Facebook page, we have a lot of people comment and uh, that's- Honolulu is a horse rescue. Horse just rescue. So yep. um, it's a large, it's a large page. It's got 75,000-ish fans. And so, um, and I, I post pretty regular. I post, um, I'd say probably three, four times a day, something like that. Um, I have a lot of it set up to 
to post and repeat posts and things like that, but I post in real time as well. So, um, but I always make sure to go through each um, post and and like every comment that someone yeah. does. And what, what that also forces you to do is look at every comment because sometimes you find comments that are not good and then you can hide them or delete them or right. the person or... Um, we just, I just had Did to you get a lot of people that try to promote their own things, then like sneak it in there. No, like crypto not, um, and all kinds of stuff. There, there are that can happen on ours. Um, uh, we post a lot about the wild horse uh situation, and um, you'll get people chime in about you know, these are feral horses and they don't belong there, and there's too oh wow, and all this indoctrinated bullshit that people yes. do. Sure. So, so there's that, and then there's um. And then a lot of times it'll just be if um, somebody's wrong about something too. So you can correct them in a nice way and say, you know, that's not, this is really what it is, you know, but, but yeah, there is, um, oh, uh, what I've seen lately, which is very disturbing is I'm not sure it looks like a, a man that has an account. It's probably some troll, but, uh, and they go in and comment on like, because our page is mostly female. I think it's about 80% female. So they'll comment, they'll reply to a comment that a female has left and said, you know, I've tried to be friends with you on Facebook and I find you so beautiful. And I would oh my gosh. Like it if you could be friends with me. And so oh, that's not cool. Yeah. And then, and then I ban and I, I ban that person yeah. comment. And, and then I usually, if it's been up a long time, cause I don't, I check the page every day, sometimes more than more than once a day um but sometimes i get busy so i have to watch so but i still because if it's been up if that comment something like that's been up for more than like you know a couple hours i'll probably reply to the person that and just tell them that 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 person is now banned and sorry that happened to you because nobody wants that but the point of saying all that is that yeah it forces you to look at your comments and when the other thing is that when you comment as your business to someone they feel special Yes. Yes, totally. Yep. Yep. And who doesn't want to feel special? I mean, come on. And when, if, you know, you're, you're going to be the whole name of the game now in social is to stand out, right? Because there's so much, there's so much noise. And how do you stand out? How do you do something unique? Well, right. if you interact with your, your audience or your people that are commenting, then you're going to get a lot of really, you know, good interaction. And people are going to care. And if they care, then, then they are going to buy. <laughs> so, yeah. Or in this case, with the horse rescue page, they'll donate. <clears throat> so. Another example is, um, you know, there's people like to share that, um, you know, their, their purchase experiences, you know, when they buy a new car. And it's really yeah. cool when a person says, oh, look at my new Bronco. You know, I just brought it home. I've been waiting for it for so long. And, you know, a business, a dealership says, you know, congratulations. We know you're going to love that Bronco. Even if it's not the place where you bought it from, if another dealer shows that type of, you know, enthusiasm and your own dealer where you bought it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> makes a huge impact. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, you know, that might be an interesting little tactic to take if you were a salesperson is kind of troll the uh, competition's Facebook page and their comments. Hmm. There's a tip for the day. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. I like it. 
Um, I remembered what uh, I wanted to talk a little bit, just mention today is that I just had this conversation on Twitter this morning with um, these, I don't know if these guys are in retail or not. You probably know them because I think you follow each other, but, but I don't think they're in retail. I think, I'm not sure. One of them's a writer. I think one of them's an automotive writer, but, and he drives a lot of cars. Um, anyway, so they were talking about the, um, somebody put up, a, uh, they tweeted about a uh, vehicle that they are trying to sell and oh he's an auction guy that's it and he uh was trying to set the reserve bid and uh his clients were complaining because they were like just uh you know 12 18 months ago you know the reserve was you know xx and now it's way way less and they were freaking out. And he's like, well, you know, the market has changed and it's, it's, shifting, it's, yeah. it's shifting and it's starting to flatten out. And, um, and then somebody chimed in, you know, I wonder what CarMax is going to do or no, uh, Carvana is going to do when they have, uh, when, when, as this is going, because when you, like, we've talked a lot about making sure that you manage your inventory well um, during, especially this really crazy shifting situation. Um, you know, you can lose your ass pretty, pretty easy if you don't watch what you're doing, right? So, um, but I thought it was interesting because it was just the guy that, the person that chimed in about, about uh, Carvana was, you know, not from retail, just a dude. And I'm like, okay, if just some, you know, a dude, just a regular consumer is noticing that, I really hope <laughs> there's some other dealers noticing that. And, uh, and, and, then, and then I shared that I worked with a guy once that he would every year at Christmas time, he would take a look at his inventory and then write down, um, when I say take a look, meaning put, you know, book out the inventory unit. Right. Yes. Uh, some would have birthdays, these, these cars. So I'm like, what, why, why, you know, I was always the one like, why, 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 why? Yeah why um and so yeah he would take this write down and it was always about a quarter million bucks and him and the cpa would be like high-fiving each other like oh we did a good job and it could have been worse blah, blah, blah. and i'm like uh that's no way to run a used car department <laughs> yeah so don't want to be doing that don't want to be right. writing down your used cars yeah in the last three to six months dealers really if i had any advice to share along those lines is start taking a look at your books because they're changing rapidly, yep. you know, and in order to, to, you know, make the deal three months ago, you were probably given full book, if not more, because you thought in your head, oh, well, the way things are going, I'm going to make more than this anyways. Yeah. But if you're still sitting on that car, you paid top dollar for thinking you're going to get a $10,000 deal on it. If you have it 45, 60 days later, you really need to maybe let go of your ego, step back and say, let's just turn this. Yes. Turn, 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 baby, turn. Cause literally, I mean, you know, it's common to look at inventory once a month. Like that's what the public companies yes. make you do. You have to look at it once a month and then you have to, if you've got something that's um, not within the parameters, you have to uh, uh, plan for, in other words, take a, a write down um, somehow, right. Usually. And, uh, but honestly, I think once a month, is probably not often enough now. I honestly right. think it should Anymore. be once a week. It's very scary. And a good used car manager is going to have a finger on it and yes. be watching the market and 
you know, yeah. know where the, the trends are going and be ready to react before yeah. Yeah. Um, the blood starts flowing. Yeah. Yeah. The blood will start flowing. Yeah. Yeah. And that dude, I just, that, that dealer, I just uh, mentioned still in business still. Yeah. So I wonder what's happening over there. <laughs> I know of a, of a, a fairly large dealer in the Inland Empire that um, the owner just does not believe in write downs. The used car lot uh, at one time, it probably is different in the last two years, but at one time he had vehicles that were two or three birthdays. He did not write them down. Once you put a number on it, you're living that's with that complete number. Complete denial. You're not in retail anymore. Then that's your, like, that's your closet. Like, and and he saw that as a form of punishment or education for his sales managers. You put a number on it, you're going to stick with it, and you're going to we're going to keep it till it sells at the number you put on it. Um, but there the was no wholesale loss. That's the price at that moment. I know I'm arguing right. with no one because, I mean, <laughs> that's so absurd. That's put a price at the moment. Of course, it's a depreciating asset. What what anyway? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and going around. If we've learned anything or not learned anything in the last year and a half, two years, is that you just can't. Nobody has a crystal ball anymore. Uh-uh. Nobody could have predicted where things are at now. Nobody can predict where things are going to go. Okay. You know, when you're looking at social, you're going to see everything. I got, you know, people that I think of as authorities in the industry saying we're already in a recession. You know, don't don't be fooled. It's happening. It's here. It's now. And I got, you know, I see people on the other side that I also, you know, respect and then feel are, you know, pretty authoritative in the industry saying, no, it's, it's, yes, there's a downturn, but it's not a, you know, so you're going to hear conflicting and you really got to be willing to set aside your own ego. Cause I think we all, and I did it when I was a sales manager, I would book vehicles, you know, on my own gut feeling uh unless it was something that like volvos for some reason i was never good at you know i was always off i was always either way over or way under Mm -hmm. um but there was a wholesaler that i knew that was really good with Volvo sobs you know off brand cars and i would call bob hey dude i got a a volvo 850 wagon and he'd give me a number and he was always dead on like right on the money so i just learned okay I, i don't need to be the best at booking vehicles every single time there are people that are better at it than me on specific ones so you know what's the harm in a five-minute phone call if right. it saves me thousands of dollars in the future and i don't gotta make a big mistake yeah yep yeah yeah i just i had a sales manager that worked with me that i uh, came in on a monday morning and over the weekend i was off he had booked um, a mitsubishi montero you know, let's say it was, he booked it for 16 grand. Well, the vehicle in question was a Montero Sport, which is not a Montero, the totally, you know, different model line underneath the Montero. So we were like six grand wrong in this vehicle. And, and he was like, well, I didn't realize what a a Montero Sport was. I couldn't find it when I was, you know, looking in the auto and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm five minutes, you know, three minutes call. I, I, I'm available anytime. Right. Call me. And, and I found myself giving him advice that I didn't always take, you know, you get, you get that prideful moment. So I don't need anybody's help to book a car. Yeah. A couple of mistakes and you learn. Yeah. It's time to be open. Yeah. Uh, did you guys take the six grand hit? Oh yeah. Oh shit. I, I mean, the customer. 
the deal was already done and oh. you know oh my god that is line. and he still kept his job as dude not for very much longer <laughs> after that yeah that's no no mm -mm. no 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 that was for the beginning else, of the end listen i understand the ego part of it i get that part but if for nothing else shouldn't shouldn't your 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 dying need to make money control it and so in other words you want to make sure that you're right more than than anything so that you're you don't take a hit in the money part but yeah i don't know but i'm not a man so i think our egos are very fragile i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah speaking but. of fragile egos i have actually gotten to a place in my life where i'm willing to admit that i was short-sighted is the term i'm looking for oh, there's a particular artist that oh. as we segue into the end of, <laughs> like how i did that that was very very I nice huh short sighted mm -hmm. uh, as we get into the end of our, our our show we always like to talk about something that um, we share an equal amount of passion for and and enjoy and usually brings a smile to both our faces and that's music and at one point in my life i was very opinionated about a particular artist that i felt was being forced down my throat by the the system and being told that this guy's a genius you just gotta like him and gotta respect him because he's he's a, a trendsetter and all this stuff and at that time i resisted but the more i i age and i am open to going back and revisiting the more i'm realizing that i was just a moron i just was being <laughs> stupid because he's pretty damn actually awesome and uh just the other day, a couple of days ago, I saw a, a Twitter post of Elvis Costello guesting on Saturday Night Live. And it was a, the Beastie Boys were the musical guests that night. And they started the song. And in the middle of it, not even in the middle, just at the very beginning, uh, Elvis Costello well, came out. Their, it was their show, the SNL. Um, it was not an SNL that you saw. That was the Beastie Boys show and they invited Elvis on. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I didn't get the reference. I honestly didn't no. get the reference. I just so thought anyway, it was go cool ahead. Go ahead. that Elvis Costello came out, interrupted and said, you know, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason we should be playing this song. And he launched into his song and they, they crushed it. They just, they just, they just destroyed it. They, they, I mean. So there was Beastie Boys came out, they sing Sabotage, right? They're in their, you know, that, that intro, right? And then Elvis comes on and goes, we don't need to do this song here. It's not, you know, and then they, he starts singing Radio Radio and then they sing Radio Radio. And if you haven't seen it, the, the it's on YouTube. The video with um, them singing "Radio Radio" is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It is. It is. It, it's just awesome, and it showed me. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one that didn't see Elvis in that light. You know what I mean? It just showed me kind of a different face to Elvis. I was like, this guy kicks ass. So then so, you sent so, me the yeah, link yeah. to. So then you texted me and said, "Have you seen this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hey, check this out. <laughs> I mean, you didn't see this before. And then I said, oh, yes. And what he said there is a, another sort of a version of what happened to him on SNL. And so he would gone on SNL. This is in the 19, I want to say 1977, I think. And uh, he was super hot right then. And uh, they, he, they wanted him to sing a song called Lesson Zero. And it was very British song, very British lyrics. 
and uh, he they started singing it, but then he stopped everything and said, no, 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 ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we just we can't sing the song here. It doesn't it doesn't make sense here. And then he counts everybody in and starts singing radio radio and they got kicked off SNL forever by doing what they did. Uh, but um, he, they interviewed him after that, interviewed Elvis Costello uh, many times. But one of the times was he's like, he goes, I guess it messed up their cues because they were live and they were angry about that. But yeah, he's never been invited back. And that endears me, it endears him to me. I think he's just awesome because of that. <laughs> I think you have a completely wrong idea of Elvis Costello. I think now that you're starting to see, now you're seeing a little bit, but he is, um, he truly is like the Picasso of, of music. He's- I'm digging him. I've gone back and, and opened up his catalog and found myself enjoying more of it than, than I ever thought I would. And that's, you know, maybe I'm just old. Maybe I'm, I'm you know, maturing. But at one time I was, I would like trip over myself to get to the, to the tuning knob on the radio. If an Elvis song came on, I just was not having it. I just was, I would do anything to, to turn it to something else. <laughs> and in the year we've been doing this almost a year now. I mean, I've, I've come a long way. I would say I'm patting myself. Oh, on the back. definitely. A hundred percent. And that makes me happy. Uh, Cause Elvis is awesome. And you know, I'm, I'm glad that not a lot of people, I mean, certainly he was very popular, right? But the songs that were popular on the radio weren't the ones that I particularly cared about. Um, right. He's always been, yeah. been very connected politically, um, socially. Um, he's, yeah, he's just awesome. So I'm glad, very glad that, um, I'm glad not a ton of people like him because he would have probably burned out, but he was never going to be like that anyway. Right. Because uh, he's just not like that, but um, but I'm really super happy that you're um, you're giving it a chance. Yeah, I am, and and one thing I will also share in that that vein of going back and and re-listening to things, I think um, first of all, that my serious uh, subscription run out. You know, that was like three hundred bucks that I didn't feel like spending, so I just I let it run out. So now, what do you do, right? So now, I started thinking. You know, one thing I think that especially younger people today are, are really tragically missing out on is the album experience. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a kid before cassettes, before CDs, you bought a record, you put it on the record player and it was kind of a pain in the ass to be switching around songs. You know, it, it really was, you know, so you would put it on and you'd let it, the whole side play and then you'd flip it over. And I think, for me, at least, I would always find songs other than the song that I that bought the album for that sometimes I liked even more, you know, but for the most part, I would I would hear a lot of other songs that I would really, really like. And I I like listening to an entire album. You know, these days, you, you know, a band puts out a, a work. You can't even say album anymore. Right. But you go, you find a song, you stream it. You hear that one song. You know, how many times do we keep playing? Right. And, and hear other songs, probably not, right? You know, you put that song in a, in a playlist and you miss out on hundreds and hundreds of other good songs. So I've been using my, um, my app, the Alexa thing, and I'll just say, pick out a random album from that period of time. You know, like yesterday, um, out of nowhere, I picked out uh, Missing Persons, Spring Session M. You know, 
I thought I, you know, back in the day, I listened to it a hundred times, but hearing it again, I'm like, this is a really good album. This is, there's a lot of really good songs, you know, words walking in LA, but there's a lot of other good songs. For sure. And how did you, so is that Amazon music then that you're? Yeah. Yeah. Got to connect to Amazon and just pick out an album and let it play while I'm working, you know, and, and I'm rediscovering or going back and, and hearing other, because you listen to Sirius, like you listen to Channel 33, you know, um, First Wave, and you'll hear the stuff that was on K-Rock, mm-hmm. uh, Southern California station that was very prominent in that time. You'll hear those songs, but you won't hear the stuff that, you know, is on those albums. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So by going back and, and, and I've Berlin, I mean, uh, English Beat, you know, just countless albums that I've just told her to play and listen to all the way through and remembering and it's it's both awesome but it's also kind of like oh kids these days just don't get it they don't it is sad they'll never really get it i think that and cassettes too you know by the time cassettes came out when walkmans i was sharing with anthony you know what a walkman was when you hit fast forward on a walkman it was basically the same speed as play but without any sound so it was like a pain in the ass you know (laughs) you had to wait three minutes to get to the next song so why i just would just hit play and let it play you know and then flip over automatically and you could listen to the same cassette for 12 hours if you want until your batteries ran down you know and you'd hear other things it would it exposed us to songs in that that artist's catalog that we never are going to hear today when they come out with with new stuff you know yeah 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 the 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 way that it goes now is that it's just it clicks and listens clicks and listens clicks and listens it's always about that for the companies and you know the business model's completely changed so unfortunately it, what is a byproduct a sad byproduct of that is that people don't listen to albums very much yeah yeah it's too bad yeah and with that um we are a little over not too much but that's okay it's our show we can do whatever we want <laughs> we say that every week so <laughs> yeah and if and if people are downloading it so they've heard it before right? and they're okay with it at this point <laughs> um hopefully um speaking of people downloading and listening in um you've enjoyed the show today you've you've gotten some some uh, interesting information maybe you shared a, a smile with us or even laughed along with us um if you've heard something in conversation that you want to explore more would like to hear our inputs on farther let us know uh if you thought about something you'd like to hear us talk about let us know Kathy does a great job of putting all our uh, notes and contact information down below, and she'll make sure the links are there for everything we discussed today, in addition to her social selling guide and sales class that's now live online too. So if you've listened to this and you're in sales, that's the link you got to click. Yeah. And if you're, I just want to say, if you're working in retail right now uh, and feel like you want to come on our show and talk about it, we'd love to, to chat because not enough car people get on, on the air. So let's, and I'd like to talk to people. I like to talk to people that are right in the middle of it all. And um, that would be great. So yeah. If you're Speaking of guests, I got the email address from, um, uh, his name is Tim, Tim Bartz. He's at a Ford dealership back East and he does some amazing things with YouTube videos, some walk arounds. Okay. And he, um, we connected at digital dealer a couple years ago 
and I had seen his video and I was like, oh yeah, you're the guy from uh, the Ford dealer. He um, talked to the GM into letting him use the, the photo booth. You know, they have those big uh-huh. photo booths um, for inventory pictures, but he, while the guard's in there, he does a nice walk around video. He, he does a great job and, and he's just a super cool guy too. And he's a Ford guy. So um, he had reached out and said that he had listened to a couple of shows, really liked it. And um, so I immediately said, Hey, you want to come on the show with us? And he just this week gave me his email address. So we got to send out an invite to him and cool. get him on the show with us. Cool. So we'll make a plan to do that. Hmm. Yeah. Great. Okay, so that's uh, that's the end of our show, and we'll uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Right? We will. Thank you so much. It's always awesome to catch up with you, Kathy, and uh, share our thoughts on what's going on. Yep. Well, bye for now. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> See you next time. This has been the first pencil with Kathy and Mike. That's right.